Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to a new podcast uh, that Richard Lane and I are doing. Uh, this one is uh, on uh, a film festival, well, on a film from a f- film festival that Richard uh, turned me on to. Uh, and the film festival is Wales uh, One World. Uh, we highly recommend it. It's still running until the 21st of March. Uh, and it gives an opportunity to see uh, pre-selected films, recent films, uh, from all over the world. Uh, the one that we've chosen uh, to discuss uh, tonight is uh, Film Farsi, um, directed by Esan Koshbakht. Koshbakht. Esan Koshbakht, I think is how uh, one pronounces. Apologies to Esan if it's not. Uh, and basically, the film Farsi is about a popular cinema that existed in present-day Iran mm. from yeah. the revolution of 52-53 uh, to uh, uh, 1978, yeah? Uh, uh, until the revolution of 1979. And, you know, it's a film that Iranian people are quite attached to. The documentary tells us how VHSs of the cinema of this period was circulated wildly. And the reason why it was done is because all of the things that the films show, and they're really melodramas and musicals and gangster films, yeah, even though they're quite homophobic and quite sexist, they still indicate a, a type of freedom that was no longer available uh, once the revolution of 1979 kicked in. Is that a fair mm. summary? <laughs> I th- I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's yes. It's it's a look at a completely lost era of Iranian cinema. So, which, uh, so almost completely lost. So what did you le- what did you learn from it? Um, I I found it fascinating. It was a, because it was sort of a, I mean it's, I guess more of an essay than a documentary. It it, it was yeah, kind of a very personal film really looking at, at but it gave, gave sort of really interesting context on you know, culture and society in Iran during that period, again, using the film industry as a, as a mirror for that, really, and just how, how the this kind of popular cinema was um, perhaps reflecting and influencing what was going on. Um, but also, you know, just really this look at this completely lost world of cinema, um, which is not at all what you would expect Iranian cinema to be like. In a way, it's a difficult film to fully appreciate, uh, for but for reasons that are very interesting. So, you know, uh, let's say this film had been about an area of Hollywood or British cinema, then, you know, we would recognize all the stars, some of the films, you know, the backgrounds, yeah? So it, it would add an excitement to see it. This is a cinema of which I know nothing about, so none of the people are familiar to me. None of the big stars mentioned are, uh, you know, familiar. So actually, I think you end up picking on things that interest you rather than that are interesting about the film per se, right? So for example, I was fascinated by all the adaptations of Hollywood films. Yeah, mm, that was that was really interesting. You know, the, the the remake of Vertigo and the remake of Sabrina and and, and so on. Yeah, yeah, West Side Story, right? Like yes. You know, uh, so. So that was a very interesting transnational perspective, you know, on a society that would quickly become closed off, 
right? So on the one hand, they were remaking Hollywood films. All the international trends, you know, the miniskirt and so on were represented in these films. Sometimes it's very transgressive. The films, in turn, when they were successful, were then themselves copied by other national cinemas. So, you know, there's a mention of how Turkey remade some of mm. the Turkish uh, films. You know, so, so I think that's very interesting because it gives a lot more permeable boundaries yeah, to national cinema than one would normally uh, uh, think. Uh, nonetheless, this is very specific. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the thing is, the, the interesting thing is that in most cases, the, the film is not trying to make the case that these films were actually objectively good. <laughs> um, and in fact, it, it, a lot of the point it makes is that, is that explicitly they weren't actually particularly good films, um, which and I, I, I'll come back to that. I have seen a couple of them and, and that. And that assessment <laughs> is correct, <laughs> um, but um, but the fact, but but I, in in a way, what it, one thing it reminded me of because it, it is um, a, a documentary about um, about Canon Films, um, you know the 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 Israeli Rayleigh, production yeah. company that that did they started Golem doing Columbus, like a popsicle and sorry, Golem yes, yeah, that, 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 that's right, and then made some. Really, they, yeah, they would turn up every year at Cannes and announce their latest completely. Yeah, they they just turn up with a poster about a film they were claiming they were going to make, and and then if they got any funding, they'd say, "Oh shit, we better write it," you know. Um, and in in a way, that kind of documentary about films that aren't actually all that good can be very interesting. And I think this this one was very interesting. But it, but it was also uh, because of the you know the cultural context and the political context was so so interesting and and the. You know, there the, there are there is great tragedy involved here. I mean, the, uh, you know, one point we yeah, we see footage at the beginning of survivors of a of a fire in a cinema, and um, you know, one of the films, in fact, another film that's showing in the in the festival that we're going to talk about later in the week, was um, was showing in a cinema that was burnt to the ground, killing you know by a large number of people and by extremists during during the revolution, and, and so so you know the. the this is the background against which these fairly shoddy popular films, and, and you know, incredibly popular films. There was some, I think he said at one point that you know half the population had seen these films. You know, and it was the, 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 this was huge. It was a cinema that had 33 million viewers a year in Tehran alone, right? Uh, so, but let me let me frame this a bit because I think the film is so interesting, and I just want to pick out on a few things that interested me, and then I'll turn it over to you. So. Um, you know, one of the first things they say is that part of what the 52 revolution, when the Shah came in, um, you know, part of what it did was it democratized cinema so that, you know, before cinema had been a cinema by kings, i.e. they financed it and only seen by royals or aristocrats, i.e., you know, it was basically footage of the king available for, you know, the immediate family. Right. Mm. And it was only with the coming of the Shah that you have, you know, a commercial cinema, a catching up with the West or, you know, I mean, ostensibly the Shah was brought in with the help of the CIA, you know, and the idea was to create a barrier against communism in the region. So the regime was rapidly anti-communist, you know, and very pro-West, yeah, with all the things that went along with it. And one of it was the creation of cinemas. 
Yes, mm. and you know the westernization of the culture, the education of women, yeah, kind of uh, the uh, doing away with the hijab, yeah, the yeah, kind of those kinds of things, which of course is what the 1979 backlash, yeah, against uh, that modernization uh, would involve. Yeah, this, you know, the film begins with the burnt cinema of the deer, and then by the end of the film, it returns. To it, yeah. So mm. that kind of uh, sets uh, a structure. Uh, it's a very personal story. So you know, the filmmaker is telling you about his family, his grandmother's refusing to see those films, those films not being available when he grew up, and how they become a fetish, and you know, people would hunt them down on VHS. And actually, one of the things that was very intriguing to me is that the film begins by saying. You know, this film is in VHS scope, right? Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I, the visual quality is atrocious, right? Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, grainy and fluidy and so on. Which, in, in a way, is, has been our recent experience with some of the Shaheen films we've had to hunt down. From well, I mean, actually, sources. yeah, that's a bit different because it's like, I mean, the, some of the worst Shaheens are like Blurovision. But this really, VHS has an aesthetic, yeah? It's thin, and I wouldn't say it's grainy, but it's wavy. You occasionally get those television distortions on it, you know, and sometimes like one big thick line over the rest, right? It has a particular kind of look, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, 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 the, so there's a look to the fetish, which is a fetish of a time gone past, yeah, where one could see Iranian women driving cars wearing lipsticks and in a miniskirt. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so, so it is, there's a kind of a haunting kind of pastness, nostalgia, fetish about, yeah, the, the looking over these banned films, you know, that become yeah, treasures, yeah. yeah. And that haunts yeah. the, the film part. Exactly, because it's sort of, you know, the... These are, you know, popular genre type films, but they're also films made in the present day, in then the then present day, in in Iran. And so you're, you know, you're seeing what, you know, what life was like in that period before the before the Islamic the Islamic Revolution. You know, that that it was a a pretty westernized country in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, um, though, you know, it reminded me a lot of the Spanish cinema of the 1960s. Mm. Yeah, that it's kind of cinema on the verge of modernization. And there's an interesting contrast because of, of course in Spain modernization happens, right? In Iran it got, yeah, kind of uh, uh, retrenched mm. or pushed back, right? Uh, you know, but this um, kind of gendering, this really rigid gendering where all women are whores or Madonna's, mm. yeah, that kind of we're told is the case, you know, in the film. What, you know, so on the one hand, the film is selling all this sex and undress and belly dancing, right? You know, on the other hand, it's condemning it, right? Like these women are going yeah. to be rescued by men from that life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, what's in, one thing that's interesting is the, that, yeah, there is, yeah my, yeah, my understanding is this, this is a strand of Iranian cinema of that time. There were other types of Iranian films at that time, certainly in the seventies, and, and so um, 
the, I mean, the one, the, the deer, which we're going to see later in the week, is is a very different. It was part of that movement, but it's a very different type of film. It's a much, much more political film. There's the one we saw uh, via Bologna, um, whose name I completely forget. The the the, the but the, the the rediscovered Iranian film. Oh, um, the uh, that... the again the. Chess, chess of the wind that was, that was yeah. a, or chess of the mind or whatever yeah um again very very different and also that wonderful kiarostami film uh, yeah <laughs> that was made on the verge of the revolution which I, what was oh it? where he's interviewing yeah, yeah he, where he interviews people pre-revolution and post-revolution and yeah, you and you've philosophy exercise yeah yeah, yeah. that's oh, that's right there is sort of students in a school it's um school school children um and so you know one of the children has stolen something or something and then it's like what what should they do and the they interview various people about what you know what they, they should have done and, and the, the people they interview pre-revolution include a this lawyer who's being very reasonable and, and apparently liberal about it and then you find out post-revolution he ended up being you know, you know the a, a, a judge who who sentenced hundreds of people to death you know the film um, that i'm thinking about is called first case second case mm. yeah uh and it's a kiarostami film done on the verge of the revolution I, I think you i've written on it but it was you who found a copy on vimeo that has no subtitles you know but uh uh you know for 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 uh the farsi speakers amongst you you'll be able to enjoy it and we will we will put the link of yeah so that, so i think that was on it it was on at bologna i think i think that's where, where we saw yeah it yeah no, it's magnificent yeah. in bologna yeah so so i think what you're saying is that there were different strands of cinema so there was an art cinema there was also mm. a, i believe we're told a series of agrarian films or films set in an agrar agrarian agrarian setting but these are pulpy noirs musicals you know, gangster films, kind of films with lots of sex and violence that are in an urban setting that, you know, they mm. are about the city. They're about Tehran as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but that encompass many genres that are a cinema of the people. Yeah. Kind of, you know, uh, 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 so, um, I mean, who knows whether that's true, but certainly the film argues that that is so, yeah? Mm. Um, so, and uh, very trashy and very popular. And, yeah, yeah. And one that remakes not only the popular hits of Hollywood, but also, you know, auteur and art cinema of uh, Europe, like Breathless, yeah, but done mm. in a very popular style, yeah? So... You know, they yeah, show us yeah. a scene where, like, you know, the Iranian equivalent of Jean-Paul Belmondo gets shot down at the end mm. of the film, like, <laughs> breathless, right? And they also tell us what an influence Italian neorealism was on this cinema, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You know, so with its concern for ordinary people. Um, so I thought all of that was, like, uh, really illuminating and fascinating. Yeah, no, def Definitely. Um, I mean, as I was saying, I, so I, I did see a couple of these films in Bologna in uh, 2017. So there was a season there uh, curated by, by Aeson called uh, Terra Noir, uh, the thrillers of Samuel uh, Kachikian. Um, and 
so yeah, I saw the ones I saw. I think I, I, I was looking through this and trying to work out which of these films I actually saw four years ago. But, <laughs> you know, um, there's one called Crossroad of Events, which is a great, great title. Um, the, and these, these were all kind. Of, this was sort of 1955. Um, one called Oh yeah, Storm in Our City, which was very odd, um, as described here uncategorizable film which moves freely between horror and comedy documentary musical and sci-fi um and i think it's described yeah i mean and the, yeah this is the program notes describes it as wild and often incomprehensible which is <laughs> it's entirely true um but yeah one of one of these which was a, a kind of romantic love story did yeah, it sort of started off with um you know two kind of group of young students drive out to the deserts in an open top Chevrolet type car and rock and rock and roll music is playing and they all get they all do sort of twist in the sand and it, it's sort of you you realize okay this is not your it's not just that this is not your stereotype of Iranian cinema it's like this is not your stereotype of Iran um, it's such a completely different country to what the country is now um, but but yeah but I but I would say as I say having having seen two of these films um i would concur with <laughs> with the conclusion in the film that that, that you know the, these are it, it's absolutely fascinating films to watch but they're not on an objective scale actually good films but the other thing that's really interesting in the context of the clips in film farsi being sourced from vhs and this part of film history being largely lost is that these were um, you know, 35 millimeter prints, and the it, the season was done in collaboration with the National Film Archive of, of Iran. So at that point, at least in 2017, they were able to get prints of some of these films out of Iran and and show them in Bologna. Now I I know I I haven't followed closely enough the situation in Iran, but I, I, I believe you know things may have opened up a little four years ago and not so now. You know. Um, but the, I, I do remember there being some discussion about one, one of the films featured the first on-screen kiss in Iranian cinema, and they weren't sure until they actually got the print whether or not that was going to be included in the print. And I can't, I actually can't remember whether it was or not. I think it might have been snipped out before it before it emerged from the Iranian film archive. Um, um, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of topless nudity in the clips that were shown. Yeah, there certainly wasn't in the ones. That, again, there's something in, in here. That it's worth if you still got the 2017 catalogue, it's worth a look. But that in the um, in the 50s, which is the, the, the ones they, they showed in Bologna were from, were from the 1950s, and they were kind of, you know, no more explicit than you know a British or American B movie of that era. You know, um, but they gradually, in, yeah, throughout the 60s and 70s, more nudity and more sex would be included in the films by different directors so um that's it's perhaps the, the 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 sort of 50s stuff is seen as more politically acceptable but the the latest stuff isn't I, I, I don't know i don't know but the other sorry no please i was going to say the other footage that i found absolutely um incredible from a um a wider political point of view was that movie tone newsreel of the um the trial of the Form, uh, the, the former leader, the former head of state after the 1952 revolution, where the, the kind of 
British movie tone newsreader was just basically taking the piss out of the guy and uh, saying, oh, he's claiming to be, he's claiming to be incredibly ill, but hey, look, now he's standing up and shouting, what an idiot. And it was just sort of um, really quite jaw-droppingly patronizing, you know, look at these funny foreigners kind of news news yeah, item. It's very, very odd, old, very old. odd. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah, some of those early, you know, 50s and early 60s British views on the world mm. are, you know... Yeah, hey, good job it's all changed now. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's changed. I do think it's kind of, you know, gotten better. Um, but to go back to this, I mean... I think this is a wonderful introduction to that cinema because, you know, it's one of those things I can't, I can't imagine myself watching the films, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Though the I film wouldn't. did make me curious to see the deer, which, you know, whales uh, on the world. <laughs> or, uh, whales one world. Whales one world has <laughs> yeah. uh, very happily provided us with the opportunity of seeing. Mm. That's, that's really like the only film that I was curious to see. But, you know, I want to... So, when I look at the Spanish cinema of this period, what it offers a Spanish viewer is almost like a record of social mores, a record of performances, you know, by great artists. Yeah, even though the films might be terrible, you know, you see these brilliant numbers or these brilliant performers or these routines, right? So, you know, so, so, so you can put up with all the trash because... It has these little nuggets of mm. yeah of of pleasures that evoke a kind of a structured feeling, yeah, a shared social way of looking at things. It's pro yeah, and and probably this is a similar feeling to you the the kind of thing you hear from people who are you know a bit older than me from the UK when they're talking about what you know when they suddenly get the chance to see a you know forties, fifties, or sixties British film again. On, on something like Talking Pictures TV, that suddenly it's their lost, you know, the, the, this is a lost world. And, the, you know, the, in, in the UK or in Spain, it's a world that's evolved. Um, and, but, 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 but in Iran, you can't, you can't see this stuff. The world's ch changed so much. I mean, again, in Iran, you know, it's not just that there's a generational nostalgia for it, is that it was banned. And actually, mm. kind of the film compares it to the House of Un-American Activities, you know, and the Guardian article that you kindly provided for me says, shortly after the 1979 Iranian Revolution, the country's national newspaper published a joint subpoena, unique in film history, all the key stars of film Farsi, a form of popular cinema that embodied the aspirations and illusions of a modernizing society, were summoned to the revolutionary court. The careers of hundreds of actors and directors ended overnight. Unlike the Hollywood blacklisting of the McCarthy era, there was not even the opportunity for a mock hearing. The cinema, seen as emblematic of, per, of, of corruption, West toxification, and the decadence of the ousted Pahlavi regime, was consigned to oblivion. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So, in yeah, one yeah. night, no more cinema. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, people were exiled, they lost their jobs. At the end of the film, there's this very moving thing where they say, oh, well, this big uh, a star, you know, became a truck driver in the U.S. This one opened a candy shop, you know, in Tehran, right? Mm. So, you know, all these idols of millions, like, you know, reduced to like selling candy <laughs> at the yeah, corner shop. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very moving, uh, and also like very brutal and radical, you know, 
and and it lends so the sense of a repardu of you know of a lost kind of thing that here is experienced generationally but you can still watch the films they're still available actually mm. those films contributed to other films whereas this you know the curtain falls on 1979 and that cinema yeah. is no more acceptancy exactly yeah 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 but as i say having seen two of the films <laughs> but you know, but, but, he, but he's he's very completely open about that in 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 film Farsi that you know the, these are not in in the in the most part these are not good films, um, but they're of my you know my as I often say when I when I watch some you know I saw some stuff at the Slapstick Festival last week and it's like yeah okay that was of great historical interest. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know, I mean. The film, so, so this, this Guardian article ends 40 years after the Iranian Revolution. Film Farsi, with all its joyful vibrancy and popular eclecticism, remains one of the biggest secrets of film history. And I think that's true. Mm. And I think this uh, uh, documentary is a fantastic way of discovering it or, or of getting a view on it, yeah? Because you get mm. all the vibrancy. You get kind of the genres, you get some of its ideals. I mean, there was that wonderful bit where, you know, this guy goes to a German prostitute that's played by one of um, Fassbinder's actresses, right? And mm. he's got to get married before having sex with her, right? Like, I mean, yeah, you know, temporary Oh, yeah, they have married, to get married. Right? Get, 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 like a temporary marriage. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, which presumably is a kind of, okay, you, you presumably have to have this thing, okay, we're going to have a sex scene in this film. We'll first have to kind of get the characters married. <laughs> very quickly yes. so they're allowed to have sex um, and then you could just say i divorced you i divorced you i divorced you and it's done <laughs> yeah the and the other thing that was fascinating was the the thing that the the one of the you know one of the shah's former wives appeared in an antonioni film oh my god oh yes she did so after, after, yeah. after the divorce yeah i remember growing up my mom used to get hello magazine and Soraya was one of the constant cover stars of Hello <laughs> magazine. And you know, she is the subject, well, the, yeah, the distant subject of, um, no subject, she appears, of Almodovar's Labyrinth of Passion, right? Um, oh, right, okay. Yeah, okay. where Antonio Andoras chases after the son of the Shah of Iraq, Tehran. It's like there's a Shah of Tehran, they call it, <laughs> in the movie, right? And, you know, he's got this mother who is like, you know, meant to evoke, you know, the mm. late empress, uh, Soraya with the green eyes, as my mom used to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she was, a, she was a European kind of figure, you mm. know, uh, in celebrity cafe society, hello magazine, yeah, society slash royalty yeah. slash movie star yeah. culture, yeah. She's kind of a, the the Meghan Markle of the uh, <laughs> well, of the era. Except she married the emperor, not just the prince. <laughs> so, yes, that was fascinating. And my God, was she beautiful, actually. I was very struck by that shot that they used. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, those, those eyes were, are amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so this is, you know, for people who are interested in Iran cinema, particularly, you know, it's uh, present minimalist philosophical variant right uh like the kiyosami films this is you know the other side to it i wouldn't say it's opposite in a negative sense 
you know, but this is the pulpy, vibrant genre, sex and murder. Melodrama. I mean, it's almost like this is what's been removed from Iranian cinema in order to create that minimalist approach, you know, because they're not allowed to do this other style of cinema. Um, but yeah, it's fascinating. But, but I think, you know, the, the film, the, yeah, the, 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 act, the, the film, film Farsi, I think, stands on its own as a, you know, you, you don't need to know anything about Iranian cinema, don't need to know anything about Iranian politics. It's a fascinating, really well put together um, overview of that whole subject. Um, and, and yeah, it's it's well well worth watching. I think. I'm, I'm really delighted that I saw it. And many congratulations to Asan Koshbach. It feels like an amazing project because it must have involved watching hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of films, right? And then kind of putting it together in a way that made sense and of yeah. organizing the information in a way that made sense. Uh, so I think it's a very considerable uh, achievement and I'm very glad I saw it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And thank you very much for Wales One World. Wales One World, which, yeah, we should say a bit about that, that I, I think it, it as I, I can't, I think I, I became aware of it via a tweet and thought, oh, well, this looks interesting, looked at the program and, and it's, it's a very, it's a fascinating program. There's the archive stuff. There are more, you know, much more recent films, which I've, I've seen a few of. Um, the, the 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 sort of newer stuff. There's, um, there's a bit of a focus on kind of genre, to, you know, sort of horror and supernatural stuff, which is fascinating from a kind of you know Malaysian horror film and a sci-fi film from Laos, that kind of thing. But I, I, as I understand it, it's a um, so obviously it's normally a face-to-face -face festival, it, which takes place in Wales. Um, it's as I understand it, it's kind of a touring program of films rather than, that goes around a few cinemas in Wales rather than a a kind of you know one week in one place kind of festival uh but they've done a great job putting this together online they've made it all available for free with a with suggested donation which is is, is great um and i think it's one thing i found really interesting over the last year is 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 the well while i'd much prefer prefer to be back in cinemas the number of small-scale film festivals that have gone online Fantastic. and are doing some amazing stuff uh i mean we we saw stuff on the uh, was it the safar the the arab film festival Last year, I saw stuff on from Rain Dance. Um, we certainly I mean, covered Ritrovato. Ritrovato online, and and I think and someone tweeted, "Well, Wales, Wales, One World Today," saying, "You know, it, it's sort of, I, I want to be back in cinemas, but I hope you manage to keep some kind of online presence because it it does you know it does open it up to more people. I think it, it also creates a level playing field, really, right? Because you know if you're doing it online, there is they're as accessible to everyone as the London Film Festival, you know, so. Um, uh, which yeah. is something the London Film Festival might not want, but it will well, definitely be good for everyone else. Absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, all right, uh, so shall we end it here? Do you want to add any last thing on the film? Um, I don't think so, I'd say I recommend it. If, if we manage to get this out this week, this film will still be available. You can, yes. if your tickets available, you can watch it for free. <laughs> well, if not, you'll have to find another opportunity, but uh, you know, I think this deserves a, uh, a wide, a wide audience. I could see it fitting really well on, you know, BBC Four or something as a kind of, you know, interesting offering. So yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much, Richard. Uh, and we will return tomorrow with an, a podcast on the deer, also sh showing on Wales uh, One World. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Bye bye. Bye.
de toi.